Well, bless the Lord and greetings. This is Tony with Triple C Podcast. We greet you once again on the 1st of May, 2022. As we always do, let us open with a word of prayer that God will bless us all, the readers, hearers, doers of his word. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Triple C Podcast. We thank you for just being the God who reigns, rules, and super rules. It is our desire, God, that you be glorified, that we be edified, and as I often say, may the devil be horrified because we've not quit, dear God, on this journey. Bless every listener of this Triple C Podcast today and days to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, greetings. We bring you definite greetings from here in Atoka, Tennessee. We want to read this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 8. Reading from the King James Version of the Bible, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 8. And then I'll give you the title of this Sunday's podcast. Paul to the church at Corinth reads, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ." And having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do ye look on things afterward, the outward appearance? If any man trust himself that he is Christ, let he him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord have given us for edification, and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed. May God again bless us all readers, hearers, and mostly doers of his word it is in Jesus' name. The title of this Sunday's podcast, podcast excuse me, is titled Battle Tested. Battle Tested. What are we talking about? I'm not going to not mention we are still very much, even though America and across the globe is relaxing policy and procedure. People of God, the pandemic is still real. If you notice on your television and all whatever social media you are on and whatever platform, people are still testing positive for COVID. Now, those that are vaccinated are not getting as sick, thank the Lord, as those who are not vaccinated. I believe there is a reason that we've got inoculated throughout the years. There is a reason God allowed the chemists, the scientists, the doctors to come up with their method and their practicing of medicine to tell us what we should do based on the genetic body of how we are designed as human beings. So there's a rhyme and a reason. But like I said a couple of podcasts ago and maybe even said it last podcast, I'm not mad either way. If you choose to do or not do, that's your choice. But the Bible, and we'll get there in, in today's message, obedience is better than sacrifice. Remember that thought. So here we go, Paul. Let's get ready to ramp up and let God do his business. I pray that you reap something from this spiritual buffet table that God has planted. Like I like to say, it's hot off the wire, not pre-recorded, pre-written. It's God speaking to my heart. Preferably, it'll speak to your heart as well. And I do hope that someone can take even just a spiritual nugget away from God's word. 
Paul wrote some 13 books of the New Testament. They're called epistles, letters. He was writing letters and he was writing to the church at Corinth, one of the uh, churches that he had founded. And he talks about that self. He talks about himself not boasting, not bragging, because he was born on the eighth day. He was of the Roman lineage. He knew uh, protocol. He knew procedure. He knew precept. He knew guidance. He knew the law. But God had a purpose. He was then once named Saul. God named him Paul on the road to Damascus. Why? Because from his birth, God knew what he was going to do in and through him in his latter life than his earlier life. Why do I say that? I'm a firm believer that God already knew from the foundations of the world what he was going to do in and through you at the point when you were ready to give up the old you and accept the new you so that you can work on being transformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, we're still, and there's a word that I used years and years ago. It's called transformational discipleship. What is that? A disciple is one who adheres and believes and follows the teachings of Jesus Christ. We are in transformational mode every day God let us wake up. Every time you read a devotional, every time you read the Bible, every time you say a prayer, every time you see God's face, in accordance to Matthew 6 and 33, you are then becoming a transformed vessel for the Lord. Amen. Now, I try to caveat that by saying every Christian ought to have what? A balance. We're not going to ever in our humanity, get it always right all the time. We will never biblically say it correct every time. We will never cross every T nor dot every I. But there is a purpose, amen, for seeking God's face and striving to do God's will and being a better new you as God allow you to wake every day to see his face, give him the glory that men can see your good works from God, and then he get the praise and the glory, and you reap a blessing of 100-fold return. Amen. But you must understand something. With all of the blessings come warfare. And this is what a lot of 21st century preachers, in my opinion, do not teach or preach. They call us the old uh, fire and brimstone preachers that still preach about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is very much applicable because guess what? If you don't preach about the death, the burial, and the resurrection, how will you know that you can be saved? Saved from a wretched world in which we live. There's a biblical purpose that we must share. But now, some of the old school preachers don't preach about spiritual warfare. What is that? In earthly terms, it's spiritual wickedness in operation, working through people who are weak in their mind, in their flesh, in their spirit, not following God, allowing themselves to be easily persuaded by the workings of the wicked one. In the Greek and the Hebrew, the word is called poniros, which is the evil one. And what happens is he's an influencer of men. He's an influencer of men. What do I say that? Because guess what? We know that we're in warfare every day. It's a war against you and your flesh and the spirit of the enemy. 
What did I keep telling everybody through the years? John chapter 10, verse number 10. That thief that I speak of, in paraphrase, he's coming after you. To do what? To steal. Steal what? Whatever he can. Let me drop something in your spirit while I'm driving by your street. A looter. Amen. A home invader. He don't know unless he's been in a case your house. He don't know what's in your house. But he looks at your outward appearance and how you flash and dash. How you jones as we call it. He believes that you got something. He sees in your driveway the nice cars that you have. The home that you live in. He suspects that you don't trust the banking system sometimes. And you've got money, jewelry in your drawers, in your lockbox. He's trying to come in and steal what he can because he don't want to work with his lazy self. He's coming to kill. What is he doing? The enemy is influencing those. People will kill you today on the drop of a dime just because they can. The Bible says in the last days, and I believe we're at the beginning of the end of the last days, that men, boys, will kill without reservation. These, This generation, got to understand people of God, this generation is not afraid of the law. They're not afraid to go to jail. They're not afraid to go to prison. They're not afraid. They become systematically institutionalized. Why? Because they have no sense for human life. They don't have sense for their own lives. It's amazing that we say this, and don't get me wrong, the police has been stereotyping and profiling for years, but we've got Black Lives Matter move, but Black Lives don't, don't parade and then protest when Black Lives kill Black Lives. But let me drop some of your spirit. White Lives kill White Lives too. Hispanic Lives he'll kill Hispanic Lives too. All lives matter, but God, God is trying to get us from the worldly mindset to have the wisdom of his word. Amen. I wish somebody was hearing what I was telling you. Hear what God says to Paul. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, comma, we do not war after the flesh. What does that mean? So I'm going to be paraphrasing and then reading from the, uh, the Amplified version. Verse number three says it this way in the Amplified. For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare, excuse me, according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. It's not the AK-47. It's not the 38. It's not the Glock. It's not the shotgun. It's not the double barrel. It's not the, that. It's spiritual warfare. It's the demonic spirit that's moving to try to move through this earthly realm to find somebody who's lost their way that they can influence to cause wreak havoc in people's lives. Amen. The first thing that God put in my spirit this morning, the weapons of our warfare, the weapons of mass destruction, they're not human. See, we're wrapped up in all the, the invasions and the war in Ukraine and all the other the pockets of wars that's happening around the world. That war, these wars, those wars, the Bible says there will be wars in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 24. There will be wars and rumors of wars. As long as we have breath in our human body, we will never stop warfare. Hello, Holy Ghost. The Gulf War, 20 plus years. And a war could have taken several days. That's the tactic of the enemy. It's politics. We blow it up, then we build it up. 
We blow it up and make money off of what we blow up. Do y'all not understand that we're sending over weapons and things on the regular to Ukraine? We don't know what Tanya and I say. There's something in Ukraine that we have an interest in. There's something in Ukraine that Putin has interest in. We don't know yet, but there's always things that's done in the dark. These typically rob where? In the dark. But let me drop something in your spirit. Now today, the bold of the Bible says, in these last days, they will give up the natural use of things. They will rob you broad daylight. Man, let me drop something in your spirit. Ain't it a trip that a man will sit around days up on end to plot how he gonna rob a dollar store? He plots on how he's going to get in and hit a daycare. He plots how he's going to rob uh, a food store. That's the workings of a wicked mind. That's the weapons that are not human. That's demonic influence at its best. Instead of going to get a job to make your money the legal way, to earn, the Bible says that if a man don't work, he shouldn't eat. And an honor day's work for an honest day's pay today doesn't mean the same thing as it did 50 years ago or even 30 or 20 years ago. See, what we strive to do in 27 Robinson Co. is we strive to go to work, do due diligence, give God the glory, earn our income, give our tithes through God's way to giving people, blessing people, and believe that God, as the Bible says, that if you give, God will give back unto you good magic, pressed down, shaken together, and running over that men will give into your bosom. God will give blessings through other people. But the weapons of the warfare will tell you, don't you give, they out to rape and rob you. No, don't listen to the devil. That's why we don't loan money. We said that before. We don't loan it, we give it. If we don't have it, we don't give it. If we ain't got it to give, we don't worry about it. I'm not saying that's what you do, but you got to do what God leads you to do. But the point I'm making is the weapons of our warfare, people of God. Weapons of mass destruction are not tanks, not mortar rounds. The weapons of mass destruction are not just aircraft carriers settling around the world dropping bombs. The weapons of mass destruction is the one-third of the angels that decided to leave God and follow the teachings of the devil. And they're going out to steal, to kill, and to destroy the devil is so strategic in his dealings, he know he's not God. Hear me real closely now. He know he's not God. He know he's not omnipresent. He know he can't be everywhere at once. But what he's done, the weak-minded angels that fell out of glory, he's got them dispatched. He's got them dispersed to be a buffeter in your life. To do what? Depends on how weak you are. You wake up and give you a scenario, and I'll move to point number two. You get up in the morning, get ready to go to work. If you're going back to work, amen. But today, even if you're teleworking, there's drama. I told you it messed your mind up that folks that telework still got office issues and you in your own house. Help a Holy Ghost. What a way to go. But the normal scenario, you're on your way. You're minding your business. You listen to your tunes. You're driving your way in. You got joy in your heart. You got a pep in your step. You got some bounce in your house. And you get to the door. You're just as excited. But as soon as you crack open the door, along comes Satan and his workers to mess and influence and buffet your mind. 
They do it all the time. Why? To disrupt your peace. Let me tell you this and I'll move on. If the devil can get into your mind and disrupt your peace, he can affect the rest of your day. If he can get you to get out of the spirit of God and jump in the spirit of flesh, then he can cause you to get mad at every drop of everybody's word. But let me drop something in your spiritual nugget suitcase. Don't you let the devil influence you to the point to get you out of spiritual character. When you said that God plus one is the majority, that you said the, the Lord will fight my battle, the Lord is on my side, God said in his word, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. But as soon as you get there in the midst of the warfare, you forget everything that God done taught you. No, you can understand something. You are combating spiritual wickedness. It's real, people of God. It's real. That's point number one. The weapons of our warfare, they're carnal, they're human, they are not. They're spiritual. It's spiritual witness in high places. Let me move on this morning. Here's what he said. My second point is this. Don't let your human mind mess up your day. Don't let your human mind, the human thinking, override the spiritual wisdom of God and mess up your day. Verse four says it this way, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The amplified version says it this way, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare. You can't fight this spiritual battle with your nine millimeter in your drawer beside your bed. You can't fight this spiritual war by, by fleshly words. You can't fight this spiritual war by just complaining all the time. You can't fight this spiritual war by looking to your neighbor, as some preacher would say, and tell your neighbor to say, guess what? When you do that, you don't know what your neighbor's going through. You don't even know what your neighbor believes. Those are church antics. That preacher will say, look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor to say. No, I'm not going to tell you to say anything if it ain't lining up with God's word. See, what you got to learn is to do what Jesus did. When he and the devil had an interaction, Jesus didn't speak from his human side. He spoke from his God side. He said, for man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If you want to megaphone something, megaphone the word. The devil was told this, get thee behind me, Satan. For thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You are not God. I'm not God. But God in you is God. But you got to believe it. You got to walk in it. You got to eat it. You got to sleep it. You got to drink it. You got to live it. You got to wrap your loving arms around it. You got to allow your human mind to, de to, de to decompress while the spirit of God increases in your life. In other words, you've got to lower yourself to rise up in Christ. Don't elevate yourself because when you elevate yourself, you're going to get what? Knocked down. When you pick your own self up by your own bootstraps, guess what? If you say you don't need God, God going to let you suspend on your own and you watch how long you stay up in the air. 
Hello, Holy Ghost. So you got to understand something. The second thing is don't let your human mind, your thinking mess up your day. When somebody comes in to try to trip you up, you better understand real quickly. It's spiritual warfare at the highest. That's the devil trying to twist in your thinking to get you out of character, to get you off focus, to get your mind off the what? Spiritual prize and Jesus Christ. You just said you let the Lord fight your battle, but here you are taking the warfare upon yourself and then you wonder why you weary, wounded, and sad. Here you are. You say, I'm taking it to the, to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to lay it on the altar of the Lord, but you become like an Indian giver. Soon as you give it to the Lord, you take it right back and then you go, woe is me, I don't understand. No, God said the reason you don't understand is because you didn't do what I told you to do was cast it to me. I told you, baby, that my burdens are light and my yoke is easy. I died. You just celebrated Easter. I died so that you could spiritually live. I died so that you can take my yoke and my burden. Amen. I was born of a virgin. I walked 33 years on the earth. I did all that I could do. I lived under every condition as man so that I could bear your sins past, present, and future so that you ain't got to keep bearing it by yourself. Ah, but you let your human thinking override the wisdom of the word. Remember, I told you there's the wisdom of the world and then there's the wisdom of God's word. So don't let your human mind, don't let you, and we're all guilty of it. We are all human, not a crutch, not an excuse, but it's a reality. The reality is I would love to just always do right all the time. No, I'm not intentionally trying to go out and do things to disrupt my blessings. No, I'm not trying to intentionally go out and live like I lived 45 years ago. I'm not intentionally trying to do any of that. As a man, the Bible says, and Paul said it this way, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child. I did childish things. But now that I've become a spiritual man, I'm learning to put away those foolish things to adopt the more spiritual wise things with the balance knowing that I am subject to falling short. But I know enough now that when I fall, I do what the songwriter said. If I fall down, I get back up again. Amen. Let me keep on going this morning. The Lord, hopefully I'm blessing somebody along the way. So the point, the third point, and I'll get ready to close. The first thing was the weapons of warfare of mass destruction. They're not human. They're not fleshly. They're spiritual. The second thing I God put in my spirit, because he's telling me, don't you let your human thinking. When you know, I, I, we use it and I thank him for it. He's a brother in our life now. It's real. I didn't realize how real it is until you start interacting with people. When people tell you about themselves and then they show you how they react and how they do business, you better believe them. See, they can fake you. They can punk you. They can say things to you, but you got to watch the fruit that they produce. I've told you time and time again. How do you know a tree? By the fruit that it bears. It may grow up looking like it's an oak tree, but it's actually a plum tree. It can grow up looking like it's a banana plant, but it could be something else. It could produce. We don't know until the fruit bears. Folk can be with you all these years like Judas. Sit at your table like Judas. Was there in your car like Judas. 
ride with you, going shopping with you like Judas and get to the point and then sell you out for 30 pieces of silver. With you all these years, break bread at your Jesus. table, love on you, do all these things and get right there to the cusp and something good happens in your life and then they flip script on you and the thing that they love for you with and love with you through, all of a sudden now, they jealous of you. All of a sudden now, they done flip their script on you. All of a sudden now, y'all don't talk anymore. All of a sudden now, y'all ain't heard from each other. It's because God is elevating you. He's removing you from being a crow and you're becoming an eagle and they don't understand that you're not running with them. It's because God is killing the old you when you got baptized in symbolization. The old you is dying. And when he rings you up, when the preacher slowly brings you up out of the water, it's symbolizing the dripping wet nasty you is becoming the new spiritual you as he's raising you up out of the water. Is God said, I'm washing you with your nasty self. I'm washing you from the filth. I'm washing you from the masses. I'm washing you from the world. God says, I'm trying to get you to the next level in me. But you do like Lot's wife. I told you some time ago, ain't it amazing that Lot's wife, God didn't even give us her name. He told them, Lot, don't look back. There ain't nothing for you in Sodom and Gomorrah. There ain't nothing but hell, hatred, despising, evil, treachery, nastiness in Sodom and Gomorrah. So when I pick you up, place your feet on solid ground and I point you forward, don't you look back or you'll turn to a pillar of salt. But Lot's wife, listen to her human mind. Lot's wife, let her human thinking. Lot's wife remembered when Lot's wife, remember how it was growing up in Emerson and Walker. Lot's wife, remembered when we were growing up, how we used to party at the old matchbox. Lot's wife, remember then when we used to do what we used to do. And we still try to live like we used to live. That's why I told my daughters, you can't do what I did. God let me live through what I did. But you, dear daughters, you might die trying to do what old daddy did. You can't let your human thinking let you still try to live like you used to live. Some folk died on their way trying to live like they used to live. God said, don't look back at what you was. Everybody, child of God, if you trust what I'm telling you, everybody that's been saved, sanctified, filled and washed in the blood of the Lord is an X something. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm almost done this morning, child of God. The third thing, and I'll close. And let me read on. Then I'll give you the last point. He said in verse five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And the other one is this paraphrase, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Version of verses six, seven, and eight. He said, being ready, in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fulfilled, secured, and complete. 
Look at the obvious fact, which is before your eyes. If anyone is confident that he is Christ, let him reflect and remind himself that even as he is Christ, so too are we. In conclusion, for even though I boast rather freely about our power and our authority, which the Lord gave for our upbuilding and not for demolishing you, yet I shall not put, be put to shame for exceeding the truth. He was letting them know. And remember, don't forget, this is a letter. He's writing to them. He knew that God gave him power and authority to speak bold. But what they were saying was, when you was with us, you didn't talk so bold. When you was with us, you didn't say it this way. But your letters make it sound like you're so powerful. There's a reason that sometime when I'm in your company, I don't say what you think I should say. There's a reason when I'm in your company, you think I should react a certain way to somebody's action. There's a reason that I don't get upset when you think I should get upset. There's the reason why you see sometimes I'm quiet even though I'm a talker. Hello, Holy Ghost. And you think something wrong with me. No, I'm just allowing God to show me my surroundings. I'm allowing God to show me you. I'm allowing God to show me what you're gonna what kind of fruit you're going to produce. I'm allowing God to show me the landscape. I'm allowing God to show because I understand the weapons of my warfare are not physical. They're not carnal. They're mighty through God. You can say you walk with God, but I'm watching the fruit that you produce. You can say you a deacon in the church, but I'm watching what kind of fruit you produce. You can say you called to preach and amen, but I'm watching the kind of fruit that you produce. You can look at me and my look, I don't look like I'm supposed to be a preacher, but you don't know my heart. I'm telling you, I'm watching, amen, what God's showing me. I may ride up on my motorcycle with my shades and you'll think, oh, I think I'm a bad boy. No, I may have thought that I was a bad boy, but God said what he meant for evil from the devil. I'm turning it into your good. I close by saying it this way. The last point is this. Your obedience is better than sacrifice. What am I trying to tell you? In the Old Testament, 1 Samuel 5 and 22 to 24, Samuel said to King Saul, burnt offerings he was offering up. And he said, oh, behold, and adhere and listen to and obey the voice of the Lord. He says to obey is better than sacrifice. Well, preacher, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to the New Testament. In the book of James, I close. And James said it this way for every blood washed born again believer. Out of James, 1 James, well, James chapter 1, excuse me, not 1 James, but James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. And I close this way. He said it this way in verse 22. He says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You got to learn to deposit this word in you and you learn to walk in this word of God. This word of God is stable and built up in any house you can build in this life. This word literally what is a bridge over troubled water. This word that I talk about, it'll pick you up out of the muck and the mire. This word that I speak of, it's a life-saving, rafting word. This word that I speak about, it's the kind of word that will sustain you in the midst of your troubles. This word that I talk about is food for a hungry land. Amen. He said it this way, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. What am I telling you? That 
Obedience is better than sacrifice. Don't you be the man that's primping in the mirror. Don't you be the woman that's primping in the mirror. Don't you be the purpose that's primping in the mirror of church. Don't you be the one that's up there getting your Holy Ghost praise. Don't you be the one that's getting your Holy Ghost dance. Don't you be the one that's giving every hand clap of praise when the music strikes off. But as soon as you leave the mirror, when you leave the mirror, of the church, you forget what manner of man you was. Ain't you the same woman? Ain't you the same man that was just giving God the praise? But now you walked away from what as I call it happy hour and you forgot what manner of man it was. You forgot what manner of woman you was. Now you reverted back to your old self. Now you're doing the things that you used to do. Now you're talking the way you used to talk. Now you're acting the way you used to act. And now the world is confused. They said, I thought you was a Christian. I said, you say you're a Christian, but what you do don't act like a Christian. What I'm trying to tell you in conclusion that the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. What am I trying to tell you? That when you fight, you've got to do what Paul said. I close the book on you now. It's time for me to go, children of God. But I tell you in closing, you've got to suit up with the armor of God. You've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to put on the helmet of salvation. You've got to put on and have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You've got to put on the belt of glory that you can move when God wants you to move. When the devil throws a right, you can move left. When the devil throws a left, he you move right. What am I trying to tell you? When the devil comes high, you duck and move low. When the devil come to clip your feet, you can leap, amen, because what? You've got some what? Some ounce in your bounce. You've got some pep in your step. You've got a joy that the world can't give. It's a joy that the world can't take away. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord. When you fight, you fight the good fight of faith, but your obedience to God's word will overcome what? The enemy himself. So when you live, when you move, when you breathe, amen, you've got to do, and I'm going to use just a worldly rapper analogy, as Ludacris said, when you move, I move. When God move, you move. When God tell you to speak, you speak. When God tell you to shut up, you shut up. When God tell you to be silent, sit down and watch me work. You shut your mouth and you do what God said. But when God tell you to speak, you speak it and shout it from the rooftop. When God tell you to tell somebody, you tell them what the Lord has done. What am I trying to tell you? This battle and warfare that we're in, God's got you, baby. You let God fight your battle. And this symbol that we do for black power, this symbol today is spiritual power. This go for every blood-washed saint of God, irregardless to your color, irregardless to your ethnicity, irregardless to your nationality. We hold up the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ. When we symbolize the right hand of power, it's the power of Jesus Christ who hung, bled, and died on Calvary. When we symbolize the right power, it's the one who 
went down into the earth and retrieved the keys from hell, death, and the grave. When he rose and rose with all power, it's a power that I'm trying to tell you. When you feel like you can't go on, you've got to tell yourself, obedience better than sacrifice. You tell God, I'm weary and worn and sad, but Lord, I'm going to hold on a little bit longer. God, I'm going to hold on one more day. God, I'm not going to let go. I'm a spiritual Jacob, God. Lord, I'm going to hold on to you. Bless me. No matter what the world does, no matter what the world says, no matter what they did to me, no matter how they lied on me, no matter how they talked about me, no matter what they tried to do, I know the battle is not mine, it's yours. And Lord, I lift up hand today and I close out this way. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we go forward, help me to realize that I'm a warrior, not a whiner. I give you the glory, the praise, the honor to stand and fight. I shall not know defeat. The battle is going to work for my good. I shall never Surrender to the enemy, I will not die, for I shall live. Until the next time and next podcast, this is Tony and Triple C signing off. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.